reading this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 4, and this is found on page 1096. Acts, chapter 4, beginning at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. Good. Yeah. Let's pray. Through the written word and the spoken word, may we know your living word today, Lord. Amen. Good morning. Um, let's sort this out. Anointing. Right. For those who don't know me, uh, maybe you're visiting. My name is Matt. Um, and what? What a week it has been. What a week it has been. I felt tense all week. It's been pretty big. How is everyone? Pretty scary stuff this week, isn't it? Um, Not the outcome I think we were all expecting. Uh, Whatever side you were supporting. Um, But thankfully, in my mind at least, I think actually it was the right outcome. I mean, how that that baby iguana got away from those snakes was was tense. I was tense all week thinking about that. Let's play, yeah, I I thought we'll play it actually because it's such a good clip. Thank you. 
a near miraculous oh. escape. That's great. Thank you, Pete. Heart racing, literally like, beating every time. Oh, man. Um, for those who are maybe confused by this, maybe or not, um, Planet Earth is back on TV. David Attenborough, Sir David, as his friends call him. Um, it's, it's a brilliant series, back on again tonight, actually. Incredible examples of nature at its finest and most scary. Um, in each episode of Planet Earth, groups of different animals are caught on film. Um, and some things are quite amazing. But actually, the bit I enjoy most about the program is actually the last 10 minutes, the how it's made bit. I love the geeky side of all the equipment they have to use, they take with them. I love the amount of planning they have to do. Imagine they're not going to see some stationary monument somewhere that they know is going to be there. They're tracking animals and hoping things work out. I love the level of teamwork. It blows my mind, actually, how a group of people come together and they persevere through harsh conditions. If you watch the first episode, they're just pooed on by penguins the whole time and the sulfur blown in their face. Uh, and they come out with this incredible footage at the end of it. It's so important that they work together as a team. They have the same goal. They trust in each other. They're truly unified. And today, we're going to explore something similar, the idea of togetherness, unified, one purpose, all in prayer. So, over the last few months, there's been a whole sermon series on prayer, uh, praying for others, being honest, relying on people, all good things. And today, my sermon is titled, Praying Together. And I was quite tempted, actually, to take it literally and just stand here for 20 minutes while you all prayed. Um, really good use of 20 minutes, for sure, but also, um, it's good to hear a bit of scripture now and again. But, before we do that, a couple of questions. Here's the first question. When did you last pray with someone? Have a think about that. Share it with a person if you want to next to you. Maybe take 20 minutes. Uh, no, take a few seconds. Have a think about that. When did you last pray with someone? Half an hour ago. <laughs> Maybe you've never prayed with someone. Maybe you pray with someone all the time. And the other question I want to ask you is, what's the loudest you've ever prayed? What's the loudest you've ever prayed? Have a think about those two. And we will open up our passage for today. So, page 1096, if you'd like to follow in your Bibles. It's a really interesting passage. And today, I want to briefly explore three truths that praying together about praying together that we can see when we read this passage. And they are these. Firstly, that praying together is a foundation of our faith. Secondly, that praying together is worship, and praying together leads to evangelism. I'll say those again. Praying together is a foundation of our faith, is worship, and it leads to evangelism. So let's take the first. Praying together is a foundation of our faith. In chapter 3, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray, and a lame beggar asks them for money. And Peter says, I haven't got any, but I can heal you in the name of Jesus Christ. And the beggar got up, and he walked with them into the temple. And the temple guard, the chief priests, and the Sadducees came, and they put Peter and John in jail, because they were speaking and teaching about Jesus and healing in his name. 
And whilst they were in jail, before they left, they were told to stop speaking of Jesus, not to speak or teach at all in his name. And this is where our passage picks up today. So Peter and John were threatened. And in the passage, it says they went back to their own people. It doesn't say they went back to see the other apostles. It says their own. And we can read this as family. As Esther mentioned last week, family in this context, their home group, their church. And when they got back, what did they do? Verse 24, they started praying. If it were me, honestly, if I just got out of jail and was threatened, I'd probably had a different reaction. But no, verse 24 says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Together, they raised their voices. They could have prayed on their own, but being together was a priority for them, for the early church. And this passage in Acts isn't alone. There are a whole host of other verses in this book where we read about togetherness. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says, they gathered frequently to pray as a group, together with the women and with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They gathered frequently to pray as a group. Their own people, they prayed together. This passage is all about community. And note it says they pray as a group, not in a group. They pray as a group, together, one body. They prayed together frequently. It doesn't say on occasion. They got together and sort of cast a few prayers around. It said frequently they prayed together as a group. And then in Acts chapter 2, which is after Pentecost, all these new believers, it says they spent their time in learning from the apostles, taking part in the fellowship and sharing in the fellowship meals and prayers. They spent their time learning from the apostles, taking part in fellowship, sharing in the fellowship meals and prayers. So not just prayer together, but four essential activities within the early church, all done together as a community. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is on par with preaching and teaching. Praying together is just as important as listening intently every Sunday morning as I know you're all doing now. So, at times of threat, like in our passage, and at times of quiet and learning, prayer features heavily in the life of the early church. In fact, every occurrence of prayer in Acts, preceding chapter 6, pictures the apostles leading others in prayer. Not one reference to prayer before chapter 6 points to their private prayer time. The focus is on God's people all praying together. And they get it from Jesus. I read that of all of the instances of Jesus' teaching on prayer in the Gospels, There are 37 verses, in case you'd like to know. We're not going through them. Uh, 33 of them were addressed to a plural rather than singular audience. So we can read that Jesus' instructions had quite a significant slant towards praying with others, not just in private. And I'll give you an example. So in Matthew 18, verse 19, it says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, as in pray, It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So that's the first truth about praying together that we can read from this passage, that praying together is a foundation of our faith. And the next truth is this, that praying together is worship. Prayer and worship go hand in hand. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, it says, Pray continually. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is it's said that prayer is us talking to God and Scripture is his response. And this is what the people are doing now in our passage today. They're praying and they're reflecting on the Scriptures. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And if we read Psalm 146, verse 6, he is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. They're quoting Scripture. And what a way to begin a prayer. Sovereign Lord. And Hebrews Chapter 13, uh, verse 15 says, Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise in the, f- the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. There's a question, though, isn't there? Why should I praise God in prayer? Why praise? He knows my thoughts. He knows what I believe. Why not just ask for stuff? Well, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We have a lot to actually say thank you to God for anyway. But also, praising Him gets my focus off of myself and onto Him. It enables me to talk to Him and not at Him. And if we're at a loss of how to praise or where to begin in our prayers, we can open up Psalms. Psalms, what a great book. There are great examples of praise that we could use in our prayers. Psalm 104 starts... O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Psalm 66, shout with joy to God, all the earth, sing the glory of his name. Psalm 62, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So in the early church, praying together also meant praising together. And the third truth is that praying together leads to evangelism. Let's begin by looking at what they prayed for. Let's look at our passage again in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They prayed for boldness and the Holy Spirit to allow them to heal and perform signs and wonders. And it's interesting, isn't it, that a group of people, some of whom have known Jesus, have seen Jesus crucified, knew of him in the flesh, had numerous eyewitnesses to talk to, evidence of his power. It's interesting that they should need to wish for boldness or confidence. Having never seen Jesus in the flesh, it makes me think, how much more do we need to be praying for boldness than they do? Lord, enable us to speak your word with great boldness, we should be asking every day. And what about healing, signs, and wonders? Well, in Mark 16, it says, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs. Why are they praying for healing, signs, and wonders? If you ask the apostles why they needed signs, they'd probably say, because the people will believe us more. And that's probably the truth. I'd love to think that a simple reading of the word will bring people to Christ, but in some cases it will. In others, perhaps more cynically, is extra is required. And I found a great description of the usefulness of signs and wonders, and it goes like this. 
But even if signs and wonders can't save the soul, they can, if God pleases, shatter the shell of disinterest. They can shatter the shell of cynicism, and they can shatter the shell of false religion. Like every other good witness to the word of grace, they can help the fallen heart to fix its gaze on the gospel, where the soul-saving, self-authenticating glory of the Lord shines. How often do we pray in our own lives for healing, for a sign or wonder? And importantly, how often do we pray for healing, for a sign or wonder for other people, for our friends and our family to bring them to Christ? God loves to show his power. He responds, and when we pray, he brings together all his resources. He replies, and his response to these followers is in verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Their prayers were answered. They are equipped for evangelism. They can heal, they can speak boldly, they're filled with the Spirit, they can perform signs and wonders, all stemming from a prayer meeting. And what do they do with all this? What do they do with these skills, these blessings from God? And a few chapters later, in Acts 13, we hear of the church at Antioch and more praying. Verse 3, it says, So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This verse in chapter 13, is Paul's first missionary journey. This is the beginning of the worldwide missionary movement, the reason why we've all heard about Jesus today. And we've heard because of this group of early believers who with boldness gathered together for prayer and asked God to help them do something big. So praying together can lead us to evangelism. So our passage today showed us the important role that praying together played in the early church. Praying together was and is one of the foundations of the Christian faith. Praying together brings us closer to God as we come to worship him, and praying together moves us to action. It is the enabler to achieving great things for him and the gospel. So as we go today, I pray that we will see more opportunities to pray with one another, to strengthen our faith as a church, to worship him with voices raised, and to tell others along the way. Let's pray. Lord God, as we read this morning, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives and pray that as we go from here today, that you will equip us with bold hearts, eager ears, and lips that bear fruit for you, openly professing your holy name. Encourage us, Lord, to pray together, strengthening our faith and worshipping you with voices raised. In your name we pray. Amen. Matt, what a challenging way to think about prayer, addressing ourselves to our sovereign God, not for our own sakes. It's quite easy to turn and talk to God for our own sakes, isn't it? 
but asking our sovereign God to show his power for the sake of others. Wow. There is an opportunity later in the month, the 29th of November, to gather again as we did a few weeks ago 